0: Hey, welcome to the Out of Spec podcast. I'm joined by Kyle Connor, Mike Breeling, and we have a special guest. Say hi, Forrest.
3: Hello. Uh, Rocky. Hey, what's up, guys? Right <laughs> <laughs> behind me is. Yeah. Cool. <laughs>
0: uh, so, yeah, tonight Kyle fondly remembers his time with the 2022 Golf R. Um, we discuss our EV crossover shootout and many other fun cars we've all been behind the wheels of. And much, much more. So let's jump right in. Um, I did want to mention I am starting my actually with my drive up here. I started my leg of my next Miata trip. So I did 5,000 miles out east. Now I'm doing 4,000 ish miles out west. Maybe 5,000 miles since it's going to take like a month. So I will see you, Forrest, in like a week. Um, Here's my trunk. So, (laughs) (laughs) oh, wait. And here's my glove box with some.
3: <laughs> Rothborn suitcase,
0: yeah. Wow, Ross, Ross, good odds,
3: $20. We're trying to figure uh, out what that was. I was like, what is that? Like, when I, mean, I realized it was like, it was a like, dude playing polo. <laughs> it looks like
2: you brought a lot of stuff, but then we have to realize it's a Miata, so there's actually nothing in there.
0: Yeah, well, it's you can it. see there seven hats on the left side. Um, Do, I was just about
3: right. to comment on that, like. <laughs> <laughs>
0: What else do you need? I got running shoes, a DJI drone, and seven hats. I'm ready for three and a half weeks on the road. Um, so, yeah, should be a fun trip. Um, me and Kyle are going to rip the Miata in some canyons and just have a blast. So Well, let's just be honest
2: here. Just <laughs> merging onto the highway or driving slowly means wide open throttle in that car.
0: Yeah, but it will be fun to see how you compare it to, because we just did a video on spec Reviews of you driving in Colorado canyons in the Miata. At like six, seven thousand feet. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to do it closer to sea level. Not exactly. We'll still be in the. Yeah. Mountains. By the time you get at the top of Angeles Crest, you'll be seven thousand feet. No seven. Power. Again. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so yeah. And then something else I drove I wanted to mention was the Mini Cooper JCW. So, this was actually my first Mini experience. That's I'd crazy. Never me. been behind the wheel of a That's Mini crazy. until this car. And cool. first impressions um, great power i love the turbo maybe you want to turbo my miata but <laughs> i was like immediately annoyed by the rev hang um otherwise it was decent though i totally disagree with you this car <laughs> has
2: gotten so bad over time i am a like a real mini enthusiast mike can attest to this i've owned six oh, yeah. minis, jcw gps all the hot stuff tuned them up mike's a mini enthusiast had you know minis as well and we've spent a lot of time in our minis on back roads and mike you actually owned this generation car an f56 cooper s but yes. it had the jcw tuning kit which gave it a great exhaust and pop pops and like power and the pop pops are gone for 22 altogether really no pop pops. they got know.
1: rid like there's no cool exhaust
0: or anything you like get
2: it. in the new golf r and it's pop, 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 war zone behind you and <laughs> you know and then i guess many f- can't figure out emissions and, and so no pop pops.
0: this was depressingly quiet like i had windows down huh. in the canyon still could not hear my own it's exhaust. all piped in audio because if you put the car
2: in green mode efficient mode and drive it wide open throttle you hear literally nothing and there's no valved exhaust so first off noise was bad steering on all f56s are a little weird i think you can attest that too, mike they're a little rubbery and like i don't know if it's where they actually put uh the steering rack but it's just always a bit awkward you know for the first little bit driving these cars and yeah you mentioned the the rev hang on this thing it's like even with esp fully off it disables auto rev matching which is great because i hate that and um (laughs) but like it's not a driver's car anymore. I'm like, I feel like when I was an R56 mini owner, all of the R53, the supercharged guys were like, that's a piece of crap. No one wants to drive that. It's a BMW. And I'm like, no, this is really fun. And here I am doing the same thing for the next generation mini, but I'm pretty disappointed with what mini's done.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Hey Kyle. um, Have you drove the new GP
2: I have not had to go in the new – actually, that's not true. I have driven the new GP, but not hard on a back road.
3: Okay. I got to take it. I don't know if you know where Ortega Canyon is, but there's – or Ortega Highway. But there's like a mm-hmm. pretty crazy bit of like Canyon Road near me called Ortega Highway. Mm-hmm. I took the new GP out there, and it's it's weird, man. Like
2: – And it's automatic <laughs> only.
3: Yes. It's automatic It's not even a DCT. No, DCT. Oh, it's not. That's right. It's not. That's right. It's just like a torque converted auto. Right. It has
2: the ASIN eight-speed auto, not even a ZF auto that the BMWs get.
3: Yeah, no. So the shifts kind of like – they like bleed together. So like when you shift, it's like – I guess you can say it's fast. You don't feel it shift. It just kind of falls into the next gear. But Yeah, but the
2: downshifts were from what I noticed were like downshift paddle it just like took forever and it wouldn't get into the gear and I just oh, put yeah. it away after driving around the block.
3: Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't blip at all. Um it's it's crazy fast, but it also rides hard as <laughs> I don't even know what, dude. It rides yeah, but That's so what my way old way. one did too. <laughs> yeah, Kyle's used to that in Minis. Yeah, yeah. Dude. And, and the crazy part is like i feel like that exhaust is probably no louder than the jcw it's the ridiculous.
2: yeah i just think minis losing their touch you know they the the decision to go automatic only from when i was speaking to some engineers was twofold one chinese market they can't drive manual transmissions in china apparently it's just not a thing so it has to be automatic to sell the car and i'm like okay we'll just make it automatic version for china only um, and then number two was, you know, when they put the hot tune on that B46, B48 four-cylinder motor, they got it up to 300 horsepower. Ours had – it's still here. It's 226 horsepower, I yeah. think. And so it's just so much torque and power that the clutch can't handle it. Meanwhile, I know, like, 50 people that have making – that are making 350-plus horsepower with their F56 manuals, and they're holding up just fine. So, <laughs> well,
1: Kyle, what's funny is I'm pretty sure in my – Cooper S that I own by 2017 with the JCW tuning kit, which is a tuning kit you buy from Mini. I feel like my car was actually faster than a factory JCW. Totally agree, and it sounded cool. It sounded amazing.
2: Yeah, so I don't know. Like I said, I look, I love Mini. I've been a Mini enthusiast forever. It was my first car. It was, you know, really getting involved with the company early on. It's what got me into driving performance. Um, because they really are great driving cars, and then getting in this new one, it's just like this is the JCW, and it drives worse than I would imagine the Cooper would. So,
3: yeah,
2: I'm, yeah just just yeah. pretty disappointed.
3: I think the SE Mini Cooper is the best driving one they have right now. To be honest. agreed. Yes. 100%. So crazy. Speaking of SE Mini Coopers, I'm actually
1: picking mine up tomorrow that I ordered it oh, on. So. Oh, nice, dude! Picking it up tomorrow. That's cool. So. They- I'll have pictures of it uh, next week um, because the salesman sent me some, but they're not really like great quality. So I was like, I'll take my own.
2: Mike, yeah. can we get the, the coilovers, the factory F56 coilovers on that car and some nice meaty wheels and
1: make it look <laughs> Probably. Good. There are people, I've seen pictures of SE Coopers that have been lowered already and they look really good. Cause they so. come
2: with a lift to give the battery more room, but it looks. Yeah. Better.
1: Yeah. They sit a few inches, a couple inches taller, I think. Yikes. yeah but we plan on playing around with it a little bit but yep super excited because I agree with Forrest that is probably the best mini you can
3: buy right now yep. Dude, yeah yeah you, you know Did you yeah, get the money it's awesome yeah because does it do the full federal tax credit or no whole
2: tax yep
1: 7500 and then that's one of the reasons why I bought it and it's just you know one of the cheapest EVs you can buy that's still fun as really cool options in it like good build quality I know that they've updated that a lot. And you guys with your new 22 JCW, that's you know, on uh, media car over there, their whole like infotainment's a little different now. It's got a new skin on it basically. Yeah, but, but I think uh, ours
2: has a, has a glitchy infotainment. I don't think it fills the whole screen where the infotainment's going to go. You'll have to take a picture of yours because yeah, there's like an area that's the screen inside of the circle thing, right? Which mm-hmm. used to be the speedometer. And now like, where the display is, it's like ours is thinking it's the small screen, so it's just projecting the small image on. But the screen itself is larger, so it looks weird. To That's me.
1: weird. It's yeah, that might of, be some kind of glitch.
2: I think it's just a glitch that no one's noticed. Also, because it's a media car and it's a manual transmission, uh, the clutch is gone at four thousand. <laughs> <000. laughs>
1: but um, because ours yeah,
2: can attest to this, but every journalist doesn't know how to drive. Uh...
3: Dude, yeah, I'll be, I'll be like, I'll be having some weird clutch issues in pretty much every manual, and I'm just like, dude, the worst was I got a Veloster in manual, and that clutch was destroyed, dude. I was, <laughs> I was like, I was like, I can't do any kind of smooth shifting. I was him like, I was with one of my buddies, like, dude, I promise I'm a good driver. Out there. I was this clutch is just completely gone, like worn to nothing.
2: Yeah, that's because – so we did like one of these driving experiences here with like all the journalists came to one place, and this Mini was a part of it. And I heard all day, I was like, oh, just people. And this is one of those cars you don't even need the throttle to get it to move. You just roll off the clutch, and it comes with throttle. And so oh, this is why – Car enthusiasts, you know, half half of journalists, and I'll just be totally transparent here, half the journalists just want to regurgitate the press release with the least amount of effort and get flown everywhere first class to eat all the good food. The other half are true driving enthusiasts that want manual transmissions in the fleet that want to, you know, say, you know, really keep these fun cars around. Problem is, it's really hard for automakers to keep these spicy cars in the fleets because they just get destroyed from people not understanding how to drive them. So... You know, yeah. it's more of a numbers game and, and writing and driving skills don't always correlate so much. Yeah.
3: This is true. So this is, yeah, it's especially true for manual transmissions. I feel like mm-hmm. I'm in slight like autos are pretty much fine across the board when I get them. But,
0: yep. So, the, menu- the
3: manuals, which is sad because there's not a lot of the manuals, especially when it's a good one. And then you get it and you're like, ah. <laughs> Unless you're the first to get it. Yeah, it's, I'm on, I'm on the 50% clutch.
2: Yeah, this, one, <laughs> this one's this one got flywheel chatter and the whole clutch pedal is creaking and it it's sounds just, so bad. Yeah. <laughs> I know, it's really. That's but
3: sad.
2: That's okay. We've done a couple launches. It still grabs hard. It's just not so smooth. Anyway, sorry to yeah. derail.
0: No, yeah. So the Mini was not your favorite hot hatch, but what was maybe was the Golf R, right? Ooh. Like that was one of your favorite cars, maybe of the year. I mean, we're, we're super good. <laughs>
2: so have you driven the Golf R yet, Forrest?
3: No, I'm super excited to, though.
2: Okay, let me set the stage. The last Golf R <laughs> would put you to sleep driving it as fast as you can. Yes. Super numb, no steering feel. This one also doesn't have any steering feel. But, uh, <laughs> you know, just like you would turn the wheel and you would just go straight everywhere. Super understeery, you know, is that Haldex all-wheel drive system. This I believe Haldex is just gone in the new one, and it's their oh. whole new architecture. It also has a mechanical torque vectoring rear differential that – uses clutch packs, but it's a wet clutch, so it doesn't really overheat ever. It's the same uh, torque vectoring box that's in the RS3. Uh, which isn't in the US yet, but I got to sample in Italy and I got to drive the RS3 hatch, which is like one of my dream cars that will never come here as forbidden fruit turbo five cylinder. 25 years, uh, (laughs) there'll be one of the drivers. Uh, And I think you can even get it with a manual too, which is just the car. But Golf (laughs) R is uh, you know, 310 horsepower, something like this, Uh, four cylinder turbo. Of course, it's the EA 888 that they put in every four cylinder Volkswagen group product, same engine that's in my mom's Macan. Uh, But like, you know, real hot tune on this thing. There's a Nürburgring race mode that like puts the rear diff in full, you know, crazy mode. And then there's also a drift mode, which uh, I did try, but it was a little bit grippy. And so I thought Nürburgring mode was the best for a back road. And if you go to our brand new channel called POV Motoring, you'll just watch me allegedly no face. They can't sue me. I don't think uh, just bombing this thing down a back road and <laughs> yeah. it is an incredible car great balance just loves to be rung out to the limiter the limiter i think it's at 6500 it really should be at seven but it's pop, 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 pop. it's a great limiter and so it's very intoxicating just to leave it in second and rev it all the way out uh amazing roads too in uh west west of Asheville, north carolina mike you were just there this week and i missed you by a couple days i know uh, so, yeah, and you got to see some of the cars, or Ben did uh, heading out from that event. But yep, crazy car. I drove the GTI and the R back to back. The R's the car for me, oh, yeah. ultimate Colorado car and value for money 43 grand. You get heads up display, heated and cooled seats. I actually like the new Volkswagen infotainment, no one else seems to, but I think it's good. I'm maybe because I'm used to it from ID4, but yeah, yeah. Great car, really is. I would buy one in a heartbeat if I didn't have a YouTube channel and didn't have to produce electric car content. <laughs> if only our audience liked proper cars. That's
3: interesting. Yeah, dude. When when did you make this like massive shift to EVs? I remember seeing you review stuff, and then all of a sudden it's like, I saw you reviewing nothing but EVs. I just now you're like the EV guy. I know. You, well, this, this is you Bjorn, Bjorn, Bjorn.
2: Bjorn Nyland in uh, Norway. Yeah
3: yeah you're like the american version of him
2: yeah well we get this a lot um you know i i guess it was just a, a pure business move at that point we were like okay i understand electric cars which not many people did at the time especially a few years ago yeah um, so it was ahead of the curve i was able to provide a unique perspective that was nerdy and like to do accurate testing which not even the big magazines were able to do at that time now they're getting there mm-hmm. uh sort of as expected and so it was just, let's just, you know, there's only one way to get into this business and grow, which is, you know, you just need numbers first. So we just built all of our numbers up with electric content. Mm-hmm. And part of that's amazing, right? We're at the forefront of the revolution whenever an EV launches or whenever a uh, you know someone's looking for electric content, we have the videos there, they perform really well, and we've really built the company off of this. But as a driving enthusiast, I prefer, you know, three pedals, cars that are really fun to drive. And so now that we've really established ourselves in the EV space, it's a little bit of walking ourselves back, not necessarily to cover EVs less, but to cover the entire automotive landscape more
3: broadly. Gotcha. Okay. So here's, here's my question for you, Kyle. You've driven tons of EVs and so like same situation with me. Like I love, I love car enthusiast cars. Right. But I also love EVs because, there's just there's just such a unique factor with them that you can't get out of a gas car. And I think there's a win-win with both. So if you had to choose the most car enthusiast-like EV, what would it be? I think I have my answer. I want to know yours.
2: Okay. I'm really curious about yours. And <laughs> and Jordan and Mike, think of yours too because you both have driven a lot of cars. Um Yeah. So so for me, what I want out of a car as a driving enthusiast is something, you know, first off, it has to do the basics of an EV. It has to charge well. It has Mm -hmm. to accelerate well. It has to be a highway cruiser, too, because I do a lot of that. But then at the same time, it needs this dichotomy of it's got to shred up a back road, which means like almost nothing is going to, (laughs) you know, keep up with this thing when when we're shredding up a back road. And honestly, it's between two cars for me. Uh, I own one now it's a model three performance because it's just great charging network and crazy fast and drift mode. I mean, Mike, you've been around with me and track of that thing. It's sideways at 120 oh, yeah. miles an hour and you know, it does that really well on the other side. I've sort of lost my love for it. You know, I've owned a couple in a row and I'm just kind of over the Tesla thing personally as from an ownership perspective, not because I don't think the cars are good just because I'm kind of, you, you need know, something new. I've just been driving them for so long. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so so that that actually leaves you know what I have on order now, <laughs> which is <laughs> the Tycon uh, soon to be. I won't say anything. A Tycon variant that might or might not launch in the near future uh, is what I'm going to be going for. But also maybe even Polestar two. Hmm. Oh, that's after, a wild card. After ripping that car up the back road this past weekend, it was allegedly like triple digit entry speed into corners which was just insanely crazy fast and great thermal management and amazing braking performance and like that car was really good it's just fast but not fun so yeah for me probably tycon's the answer what do you
3: think forest hmm. so i would say man honestly there's really three now that i think about it there's three that, that stood out to me the most i think from a value proposition, I would probably say Model 3 performance. From like yeah. what you get for the money, um, close to that, once again, from like value proposition. I mean, honestly, number one is Taycan. I mean, just because it's, it's Porsche, it's Porsche, whatever you want to yeah. call it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it, it, it <laughs> they do their thing really well. But one that surprised me lately was the Maki GT. Mm, me too. And but but it had to be the one with the um, Magna ride. The one yes. without it was way too long.
2: The one without it was garbage, and the, the standard car is garbage. Honestly, from a performance driving standpoint. And oh yeah. So we have this video going up by the time this podcast goes up, which we'll talk about, which is this whole SUV comparison thing. And in the performance segment, the Maki came last. Because it was so terrible to drive and it was just an E4X. It wasn't a GT.
3: Yeah.
2: And uh I think you and I were both on the same launch, not the same day, but we got to drive the performance edition and the non-performance. Did you get to do that, Forrest?
3: Yes, I came like the day after you did because I saw your name. Yeah. You were supposed to be there the same day I was, and I was like asking them, I was like, is Kyle here? And they're like, no, (laughs) he like happened to be in town, and so he came the day before.
2: Right. And so I thought on those roads, everything that GT performance was a monster car. Oh Um, with the magna ride. And I actually like the car driving slowly as well. The problem with Mach E though is if you drive it hard for like five minutes, it overheats. Mm -hmm. Goes into turtle mode.
3: See, that's the thing is you have like the moment you get in it, you have to did you put it in that whole like new, what's it called? Unbridled extend extend so (laughs) it has to be in that mode but the weird part is um when you're in that mode it actually takes away a lot of top-end power yes like very noticeable amount
2: yeah do you want the reason as to why because i've i i can give you the like Um,
3: okay
2: here's why mustang (laughs) maki is really compromised from a thermal perspective which affects its charging performance and power output and so uh, we, we just ran a, an article on Inside EVs about this. If you actually look at the cooling systems on Maki, um, they, they just don't have enough cooling channels to the battery pack. So it's not necessarily that it's thermal throttling, but it's preventing future overheating, which is not the correct way to do it, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, and so unbridled an Extend, in theory, is when you drive an EV hard in a straight line, if you're doing um, you know laps, you're going to toast your... Uh, your your stator and your and your motor really quick. So, so rotor and stator will go, then your inverters will go, and then your battery pack will get hot. You know, the battery pack's 1200 pounds of thermal mass that takes forever to heat up and cool down. So it's not that you're overheating your battery, it's the ancillary components first. So the idea of unbridled extend is you take the ancillary components and you pull these down so that the entire system and subsystems will heat up to maximum temperature at the same time. So it basically pulls you down to where you're heating up as fast as your slowest link, if that makes sense. Um, The problem with that is if you drive the car hard first and then try to go into unbridled extend, which I think you were alluding to, Forrest, you're you're already over the temperature limit allowed by the inverters and stators. So the car Hmm. locks you out, which is not the way to do a performance driving mode. They should do it like Tesla, which is I'm going to drive really fast. So you try and keep yourself as cool as possible. Just run everything (laughs) maxed out cold. And if you overheat then fine, that's how I would do
3: it. Yeah. Well, it's funny because yeah, you're, it doesn't take much for it to do that because I noticed. Two poles. As soon as I got into the car, I turned it on, turned it off because I was like, Oh, I'm going to turn it off and just turn it on. When I get to the back road, like right when we left the hotel. Right. So the moment I got on the highway, I go to try to turn it on. It's already grayed out. Like the moment I got on the highway, like I'm going like 70 for like 10 seconds and it's already above the limit.
2: Yeah, because you merged (laughs) up to speed. So the way Ford does its calculations there is, uh, I can't remember the exact terminology they used, but essentially it's calculating the amount of current that's flown in and out of the battery pack over a period of time. And if you exceed that limit, then it no longer lets you into this mode anyway the problem with Mach-E is it just has crazy thermal issues now it's something you'll never run into in the real world in daily driving but it's as soon as you take it up a back road does it just fall on its face it's really quite a sad situation actually yeah because it's such a great car in in every other
0: respect I think I mean it's amazing the dichotomy between like Maki owners who are performance car enthusiasts versus Which is like
2: zero of them.
0: Yeah. So like those are the ones complaining <laughs> versus most people are like, this is the greatest car ever. <laughs> so even, even our friends
2: this weekend, I tried to explain it to them. They're like, we've never run into it. I'm like, okay, do you want me to show you what it's like to drive your car hard? And like, Let's
3: go. <laughs> that's very easy, dude. Yeah. That's interesting. Okay.
2: So what other EVs have you driven recently? Forrest?
3: I'm <sighs> going to have to check um so you've done
2: tycon right
3: i've done tycon i'm supposed to, i did cross turismo like a long time ago like when they first had this small like launch but it was a german spec
2: right did you drive um, the pink car or the blue car
3: it was i don't even know dude let me okay. see well
2: they had yeah so the, they had two different <laughs> or was lanes. it the cambo one, one
3: it was like not Kyle the blue dream. One.
2: Oh, the pink one wasn't even a Cross Turismo. I'm sorry, that was rear wheel drive when they. Yeah, said that was
3: rear wheel. It yep. was. Let me see if I can find <laughs> it. Arrow wheels. <laughs> wow.
2: <laughs> it was on the unpainted arrow wheels. It was pink with a blueberry interior, and frozen, so it was frozen berry over blueberry raspberry.
0: That yeah, that sounds like a it's sh- something like that theme. It was a great, yeah, purple steering wheel.
2: <laughs> I was so into it. <laughs>
3: what the heck? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't it was like a base spec. It wasn't even like a 4S. It was like a, was 4. a 4. Yeah, it was like a Cross Turismo 4.
2: Mm. So. you need to get a Turbo S Cross Turismo. They you know, in LA there's this you know, Calvin at Porsche. Have you spoken to Calvin?
3: Oh yeah, he's amazing. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Calvin's the best. I love Calvin. And yeah. uh Calvin and I went off-roading in Tycons recently. Can you me. I
3: mean?
2: <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> um do you and <laughs> <laughs> uh but calvin spec'd the ultimate tycon like test car which is tycon 4s which is like kind of okay but then 21 yeah. inch wheels carbon ceramic brakes mamba green exterior and it's just an insane spec and that one's out in california so you got to get that one
3: Dude, um, i told me. me to get the mamba green spec yeah. Yes. You got to get
0: the Mamba Green Tycon. I mean, that's what I built in the configurator was a Tycon Cross Turismo 4S with Mamba Green, everything. And then I saw the price tag and I was like, wow.
2: It just won Motor 1's, that exact car just won Motor 1's um, car of the year, of their, uh, their editorial pick.
3: Dude, I think the 4S, at least in Cross Turismo form, makes the most sense. Yep. I don't think the Turbo I is agree. The Turbo is like, I think for that car, it's a little bit overkill. I think, at least for what it's
2: well when you factor in price like it there's like a $40,000 gap to go from 4 to turbo or 4S to turbo and at yeah. that point I would just buy a 997 Carrera 2S you know and have like a nice weekend toy yeah good luck Prince Turismo.
3: Yeah man I think I think the 4S is plenty fast and it's a good balance between performance and range because you're still getting that good like handling characteristic you know like across
2: the so so, what do you think about Rivian?
3: Oh, dude, I, I was just telling Jordan. So I am <laughs> supposed to get one within the next three to four weeks. Hell yeah. Supposed to get an R1T. How, how have they
2: been with communication with you, by the way, you know, not to like break open anything, but like, are they overly communicative or are they a little bit sporadic in their communications?
3: Sporadic for sure.
2: Yeah. Same, same with us. <laughs> yeah.
3: Very, very sporadic. Um, But I mean, It makes more sense for them, I guess, because as far as I know, they're the newest company with a PR team.
2: Yeah, them and Lucid are the only two.
3: Yeah, and Lucid is a little bit better. Lucid is definitely more responsive. Um, But then again, from what I know, it seems that Rivian is actually doing more deliveries. I may be incorrect, but...
2: Yeah, but I think mostly internal deliveries yes yeah most of their
1: deliveries have been employees and i think some of their communication with rivian might also have to do with the fact that they ipo tomorrow i think yes for the next day they're trying to keep a lot of stuff close i think you know they just
2: uploaded new photos to their media site a couple hours ago and they look incredible and they're all here in colorado it looks awesome (laughs) So
3: sick, dude! i just watched edmund's video on it today have you seen it
2: yeah, we just pulled it up right before the podcast. We haven't watched it yet. Yeah, but yeah, I haven't yeah.
3: watched it yet either. I haven't pulled up too. It's pretty solid. There is there is one claim that they made that uh, was pretty interesting, but I won't what ruin say? it.
2: Okay, don't ruin it then.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, we should have watched it now.
2: But but do you do you think this is going to be purchased more by people here in Colorado that will actually be adventuring with them? Which um. Uh, you know, the, we'll see a ton in LA basically that are like overlanded out. Like the new defenders are everywhere in LA. Uh,
3: yeah. So I don't, uh, it really depends. Honestly, uh, I, if that is going to happen, I don't think it'll be the people that got the 300 battery pack. I think it'll be the people who got maybe, maybe the people who got the 400 plus battery pack. Um, but I think that if you're actually going to take it out overlanding, off-roading, doing all that stuff. It really depends, man. It's such a unique market because it obviously is geared towards more of a luxury. I think it's geared slightly towards like a Range Rover buyer.
2: Yeah.
3: Like luxury mm-hmm. You get power, you can go off road. Um, very similar in the fact like to a defender where it's like fully independent, great articulation, all that stuff. um, I do know some off-road enthusiasts who are excited about it but I think ultimately like taking it overlanding that's that's really where it's going to be like probably a no-go depending on like how far out you go and and like how closely you can charge before going on your adventure you know what i mean it
2: all comes down to charging and availability and uh we're taking one to alaska so we'll see if we can make it because there's no infrastructure so (laughs) the
0: long way up continues
2: that's right so i think we're going to pick up where they left off in the movie and finish off the pan-american trail
0: yeah, that's, that's the way to go. Hell yeah. But, I mean, Rivian, Rivian's pretty like proud of their upcoming charging infrastructure. And they've said, like, we're going to put chargers at trailheads. Like, they want people to take these off road. Where we go off road and there's no electricity. <laughs> <laughs> Who, who's going to upkeep those
1: chargers, though? No,
0: yeah. you're 100% yeah. correct.
1: They need a whole control. team dedicated to that
0: for sure. It's like cool. saying you're going to install them is one thing and then installing them is one thing and then actually upkeeping, which we've seen issues with, with other infrastructure. There's networks. only one company who understands charging
2: and it's Tesla. Yeah. Everyone yeah. else sucks. Yes. yeah, Point blank.
3: 100%. You want to hear the first thing? Because I remember, Um. so my, my dad has his F-350 Dually. He mm. does a bunch of Um. He hauls like cattle hay whatever so he like uses it pretty often back in texas and i was telling him about telling him about this truck and uh you know he had mentioned something about like charging it he's like how do you charge it and i was like oh well you like plug it in like you know (laughs) 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 he's like no he's like he's like let's say i wanted to tow with it he's like where do i charge and i was like well you charge him one of the spots he's like do i have to pull in every time or can i like pull up to the side and i was like oh shoot i yep. can't think of one <laughs> like i had a trailer where i wouldn't have to like go into a walmart parking lot and unhook my trailer yep and pull the back of the truck in or actually with the riveting you have to pull it forward because it's in the front right
2: yep this is there's so many the problems go on and on and on so trailering is one of them there are site designs that do have pull throughs at i'd say a 10, couple 10 yeah. percent yeah. of the locations yeah. or less uh, okay. The other thing that I think we really need to focus on are two things. One is ADA compliant chargers, so people with disabilities being able to move around and get the chargers physically connected to the vehicles in the winter time, for us, because you live in warm climates. I don't know if you've experienced this, but here in Colorado. And, and even where, where Mike is to an extent some yep. days in North Carolina, these cables literally freeze and you need like two hands to muscle them
0: into the car. I mean, the EA cables are so thick.
2: Yeah. Like... <laughs> and then Tesla gets away with way more current at lower voltage and they're little noodles. So I don't know how they do that. <laughs> um, you know, and they're great. But then the other thing is charging station safety, which is you're literally locked to a charger in the middle of the night, potentially, usually at a Walmart, which maybe isn't the safest place in town in a hundred and seventy thousand dollar lucid or two hundred thousand dollar tycon and there's nothing you can do to unplug and pull away if get you know run up on
3: so I agree I, yep. I dude like the that's the part that is jaw dropping to me even if you're in like a Maci, e which is pretty much more yep. expensive than most vehicles you'll see at a walmart i'm mm-hmm. like why didn't y'all at least partner with target yep <laughs> and so very <laughs> you know, lighting like
2: <laughs> I mean, we, I, we should go into this, but this this type of like charging station safety is going to be a huge deal. Charging yes. with with you know sort of bike racks or towing and even larger vehicles is going to be a big deal. And then just even before we get there, can the chargers even work? And right now it's like my parents, my dad has been driving electric cars for years and he has a he's on his third ID four. And he calls me the other day. He's like, Kyle, I can't charge an electrify America. Why? I'm like, I don't know. But like, (laughs) we've been doing this for years. And so for me, I love electric cars because it's the wild west. We're playing around with it. We're making videos, driving them across the country. I don't think I would feel comfortable recommending a battery electric vehicle to a person who isn't ready for that level of adventure uh, today at all. And honestly, right now is the best time to own an EV because (laughs) charging stations are going to get fuller and fuller and there's zero incentive for them to put more stations in. They lose money every time you plug in. Yeah. So we got a lot of problems to work on here.
3: Yeah. Honestly, I think, I think the best EV are the two. Honestly, if I just narrowed it down to one, if I said, Hey, here's like the best EV to get right now that won't require a, a ton of changing your lifestyle around. I think it would specifically be model three long range. Yep. I mean thing, you know. or
2: model Y, same thing. One yeah.
3: But yeah. long range for sure. Long range, anything. Would you but, like uh, a whiskey? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, your, what you,
0: you describe? You <laughs> it as a you can even offer to it to us. Car. you. Know, no, There you awesome. go,
3: guys.
1: Over email. <laughs> uh,
2: I think ID4 is a great car. By the way, I love the ID4. I love recommending the ID4 for someone who would take the occasional road trip, who's pretty tech savvy, um, and then does most of their charging yeah. at home. It's so, like the
0: perfect Rav4 replacement. So let's let's talk about this EV shootout we just did. And Forrest, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on like what you'd pick because this was our lineup this weekend, and we okay. basically filmed. Um, so for the, our listeners, it's a Model Y. So they're the same, roughly the same spec of all these cars. Like, well,
2: here was the big deal for me. We've done comparisons before, and it's like Model Y performance versus Maki <laughs> rear-wheel drive. And it's like, yeah. yeah, they're competing cars, but you know, it's
0: and yeah, for really you know
2: this too, especially where you are, it's so hard to get the correct configurations of the cars. Uh, you know, you yep. you can get a X car, thank you very much, but is it the one you want? So here they were all the long range so big battery pack non-performance but dual motor i think like the most popular versions
3: yeah yeah for sure um yeah yeah, polestar what uh dual motor that's like 240 250 something like that
2: yeah yeah so 233 mile range and 400 horsepower Mm -hmm. Uh, but this one had the performance pack which doesn't change power or range actually but does give it the bigger wheels and cool brakes and Olean suspension.
1: And the seat belts, the gold seat belts, the best gold reason to buy
2: well, it. Mike, and i was trying brake. to avoid the
0: performance enhancements here. <laughs> <laughs> that gives it an extra 200 horsepower. So, so, so yeah, for our, for our audio listeners, it's a long-range Model Y, the Volkswagen four Pro S, the Polestar 2, and the Mustang Mach-E. In this case, it was the, what, first edition? But mm-hmm. essentially, uh, four, a 4X, X, all-wheel X, drive, yeah. long-range. So that's the lineup we kind of compared against each other. I mean, kind of the outlier was the pole star. It's not exactly like a crossover. I really
2: wanted XC 40 recharge, but they said, we don't have one. We have a pole star. I said, same thing. We'll take it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: So space aside, it, it was a pretty good comparison. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it was interesting. Which would you
2: pick for us just without hearing about it? What, what appeals to you most here?
3: Oh, that is a very <laughs> hard question. So I haven't driven all I the lineup ID Four. So, this is just based off of the fact that I have not driven that car yet. So, I can't really speak. Mm -hmm. Um, It would be down between the Model Y long range or the Mach E, at which point, (laughs) for my money, I was actually going out to buy one today, I'd probably say Mach E.
0: Really?
3: Mm. Interesting. Mike, what would you go for? I don't know. Just because I think, from what I've seen, real world range seems to be pretty close to EPA yeah oh maki does super close to epa but then you said the whole like thermal thing and now i'm like oh maybe that's not a well, it's
2: charging so like range is one side of the equation but then charging is the exact uh, you know the other side because most that's people cool. charge at home so the only time range matters is on a road trip and like at least for me road trips are like we're going somewhere so it's yeah. how quickly can i recharge to where it starts to slow down and then what's the distance i can get to the next charger once it's tapered off of max And this is where Model Y does a really good job charging to 50%. ID4 does a really good job charging to 50%. Polestar on the software I've tested so far does a really terrible job at this. But I hear the new software is better. But again, we haven't experienced it. It wasn't on the cars we had, so we can't speak to it. And Mach-E is is pretty not great at this either.
3: So- I do remember Mach-E being pretty slow. But then then I have this question, right? How many people are going to be focused on the fact that Maki still has like federal tax credits available and then like oh
1: there will definitely be people who will for right. sure
3: but then again the ID4 does
1: as well
2: they all do except for the Tesla yeah
1: okay. so the all three of those well yeah three of the four do the Tesla is the only one who doesn't for now That's that true. could change in the
3: but future I mean, but the ID4 also comes with what three years of Free charging.
2: So here's the best part: the ID4 was seven thousand yeah. dollars less than the next most expensive competitor. So the neck so it was seven grand less than the next cheapest car, and it gets the seventy five hundred dollars tax credit, which you know most of them do, and it gets three years of free charging at EA. And it's maxed out. True. And that's right; it had every option. That was the highest in. And um, you could ID4. save like another ten grand if you get a base one. So it's just yeah. an insane yeah. value.
3: That is a pretty solid value.
2: If
1: I had to choose, I mean, I've not driven the mach That's the only one there I've not driven. I've actually driven a Polestar because I went to a test drive event that they had. And I've driven a ID4 and it was fine. And I've spent plenty of time in Teslas. I know how they drive. I would, and you know, I know the charging on it is awful, but I would take the Polestar too, just because I absolutely love sitting in that car. It's unique. The materials are great and they get two years of charging on Electrify
2: America now. Yeah, but Mike, this car is so stiff that it literally rattled itself to bits. Yeah, well, I didn't have that one. (laughs) 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 I'm just saying, I I, I I don't know if I'd get the performance pack one, but yo, you couldn't get one without the performance pack.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, As long as it's a long range. I wouldn't do a rear wheel drive. That's stupid, but that's so funny. Suspension the ID4 the floor just floor. I didn't enjoy driving at all. Like it was just a, it was fine. It was just it reminded me of just like a, just a car. I mean, which is good. That's what That's you want. Kind but of the point. I mean, I know, yeah. but I would prefer to have a Polestar because it just I'd love the way it looks and it's more unique
0: in my yeah, opinion. yeah. It's hard for me to justify. So looks wise, I do like the Maki, but oh, well, that thing
2: is not a pretty car. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> I, I like
0: it's not a looker. But it's like the Mach E versus ID4. I feel like ID4 is like basically just as quick, maybe not quite. It it just feels it was a nicer place to sit for me. I like the infotainment a little more.
2: And you sit so low in it. The, the
0: maki you sit like up on a freaking van. The ID4 charging, like wow. and, and, and the Mustang Mach E falls apart when you try to do performance. So it's like if you're not getting a performance car, I wouldn't pick Mach E. Um, I would just pick ID4 because I'm not interested in performance anyways. Although I had a lot of fun hooting the ID4 in the canyons even though it was just, you know, ID4. For
2: a lot of people though, the Tesla is the only option from a charging standpoint. Yeah. Like
0: they couldn't even consider yeah. the other cars because of the so supercharging. I effect. went I went back and forth a lot. Like in our video I officially said I would choose Polestar 2. That may still be true because I'm obsessed with looks and also interior. <laughs> and so but like in my head the logical part is like I just want the Model Y because I love the easter eggs, I love the charging, and I love the performance. Yeah, you were
2: hitting the fart noises yeah. the whole time in the car. <laughs> so- <laughs>
0: So it's like I would target take audience model, right there. If money were no object, I'd take a Model Y and then put a Polestar exterior and interior on it. Call a it day.
3: <laughs> Interesting. Interesting uh, final conclusion there. <laughs> yeah. You know what's funny, though? Like um, down here, at least where I am in like, uh, like near like Laguna Beach area, OC, there are an absurd amount of ID4s running really? around. Really? Dude, they're I everywhere, everywhere. I,
1: I hardly see them here. That's crazy. really.
3: Yeah.
1: I see. Yeah, them. I saw them like four once a times week on maybe. one drive yesterday.
2: Yeah, they're here now, Mike. That's why there's wild. Teslas you know, everywhere.
1: How? No, hardly any. Yesterday, Ben and I saw one, and I couldn't determine what trim it was. It had the black stripe going down the side, not the silver one, but it had the good headlights.
2: Right, so it's a Pro S non-gradient.
1: Okay, that's what I thought because it had small-ish wheels. Yeah, was they get like, the nineteens. Pretty- it looked a lot it looked a lot better than that silver stripe, I think. Yeah, but, that's what my that's dad
2: what
1: has. has. Yeah, 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 Dude, actually dad's
3: smaller wheels though.
2: Yeah, yeah, me too.
3: Yeah. I think they look sharp. I think they look better than the bigger ones, and so you're saving in so range.
2: Drew at Martian oh, yeah. Wheels just created an ID four forged wheel specific for that car, and it looks so wow. hot. Oh, so nice. can't wait to get that on. I um, did
1: see a picture of an ID four that's been slammed on like 21. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh that looks so good so good uh, that's the thing id4 is the only car i'm like bag it and big ass wheel. <laughs> <laughs> but i wish we could get id3 here
3: yeah id3 and okay what do you think about do you think we'll get the was it called the gtx
2: no so it's the same exact thing we get just with a lower ride height what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, ID4 all-wheel drive and GTX are identical. It's just we get the lifted suspension and they get the lowered suspension. So just lower it. There's no difference other than they get badging and seats.
3: Isn't? uh
2: is that the one with the cool taillights? The Yeah, but the so the cool taillights are on almost every Euro version, but they're not FMVSS compliant, so it'll never come here. I hate it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, our, well, I, exactly. our lighting laws and stuff. Like, we get the big brakes from the GTX. Like, all-wheel drive is kind of a hodgepodge of the normal car with some bits from the GTX with a bespoke suspension for our market. And um, Interesting. But our all-wheel drive has stiffer suspension. It's 0.6 inches higher, but it's got a thicker rear sway bar. Um, increased spring rate and a stiffer damper. So, like, shredding the all wheel drive around today, like, Timon and I did our full performance evaluation on it today, and we were full on hooning this thing, like, sideways out of corners, and it was incredible. Not crazy fast, not crazy like sporty, but like, the Germans know how to build a car that could just be flung around, and it's so competent. It's, it's so predictable. Okay, so this, predictable.
3: this is the all wheel drive ID4 you're talking about, right? Yeah. yeah dude I, I haven't driven it like i feel so good i, I had so much the rear wheel and i wasn't super impressed with it no yeah i've only the driven problem. the rear wheel
2: and it has a weird brake pedal they all have a weird brake pedal mm-hmm. so you gotta get over that you gotta drive it b mode i actually like driving the cars in comfort mode the best but so the way the all-wheel drive id4 works first off there's two intricacies the first is which i actually think is like a really big problem that we need to talk about Every EV is slower at lower state of charge. When you have higher pack voltage for the same current request, you have more total power output. That's why when these people do EV drag races, like half of them are wrong because it's like that's a cold car you pulled off a truck and it's at 30% state of charge. It needs to be (laughs) hot and 100% state of charge for it to rip the hardest. It's the only way to get max performance. But the ID4 uh, has like a noticeable drop at 85% state of charge. Where it kind of gives you everything. And then at 85%, it's like locks you at 75% of the power. And the Q4 eTron was the same way when I drove it too. And the Q4 eTron messaging I thought was better than Volkswagen. The Q4 eTron says pretty much until you're below 20% state of charge, you get 100% power output. Your boost functionality is available when it's near full. In the ID4, it just shows that you never can get to full power on the display. Mm-hmm. And because Volkswagen recommends charging it to 80% every day, how yeah. can they advertise the 300 horsepower number if they're also saying don't ever charge it up beyond 80%? So this is quite an interesting yeah. world that we're living in. I think uh, the system should be software tuned to allow 300 horsepower, which really isn't that much. We're talking like 200 something kilowatts 230 kilowatts output it's not that hard on a 77 kilowatt hour usable pack let that down to about 30 percent, then start to ramp down would be the smart way to do it uh the second intricacy with id4 all-wheel drive is its permanent magnet rear motor and uh a a sri motor up front so an induction motor up front which means for efficiency it's the exact same driving experience as rear wheel drive under light load just uses the rear motor the front stays off and that's why epa is only a nine or 10 mile difference because it's just the weight difference between the rear and the front but when you roll into the throttle then the front motor kicks on Mm. this is like an awesome tuning situation because you get no electrical noise from the front motor cruising around just as quiet as the rear wheel and then when you stand on it wakes up and goes and there's no lag and so i was impressed with that that dual motor calibration
3: i need to drive that one so that has the only new i mean other than lucid and Rivian. Like that's one of the only newer ones.
2: What about like, EV6 well. and Ionic 5? Have you had a go in those?
3: Ionic 5 I'm getting um, during Christmas because every year my wife and I drive from here to Texas mm-hmm. and they're letting me drive it from Oh, Texas, cool! California that's amazing. Texas. Yeah. Hell nice. yeah. Yeah. That'll be exciting to see how the Ionic 5 does. I mean, there's lots of videos of, you know, people in like Europe and stuff testing it, but Yep. I'd be curious to test US spec, even though there's really not any differences.
2: Well, we have a different battery chemistry, so our charging curves are gonna be different.
3: Mm. That'll yeah. be interesting. Also, um, going back to that whole subject of like car enthusiast EVs, I'm super curious how the EV6 GT will be, especially since they have like Albert Bierman as their like special tool in the fleet, you know. Yep. I, I know he's gotta have some tuning going on with that EV6 GT. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Well, even the standard one drives amazing. So I drove a Euro spec when I was over in Germany for a couple days and I was like full on sideways around on ramps. Like this thing was so hot. And it just, from a technology standpoint, blows away everything. Look, as much as I love ID4 and I keep talking about how good this all wheel drive is, when you start factoring all this 800 volt tech, which 800 volts isn't really a big deal. It, it's kind of a tagline, but it does allow for some interesting charging stuff and power output things. Yeah. Um, like EV6 is a freaking shredder of a car, like so good and charges so fast. Zero to 50% in 10 minutes. It's insane.
3: That's crazy. That that would honestly be my pick if it were if it were out. If you would have shown me that same picture and EV6 was in there or Ionic 5, whatever. I <laughs> mean, yeah. I'd probably yeah. go with EV6 though, because it looks cooler. I agree. Mm. I like the EV6 more. And I know like, I Miami do appreciate doesn't. that the Ionic 5 has that like Lancia type look. Yes. I, I like the 80s look. But I just, I think, I don't know, from the only angles I like it from is the front. I don't really like the back and I don't really like the side.
0: So we can all agree that the Genesis GV60 is the only one you don't buy for the look. Well, it's the only <laughs> one that doesn't fit with the brand yeah, in it, no. So weird. <laughs> Yeah, course, yeah, you've done a
2: lot of Genesis products. I've watched your GV70 stuff. I've seen some of the things you've done. Yeah. What is your opinion of GV60 electric fitting in with the Genesis brand image? Because it's such a departure from the amazing presence that we've had over
3: the last few years. The most disappointing thing about GV60 is definitely the looks. I think mm-hmm. um, I think with the GV, I think the GV70 is probably. The most beautiful ones they make. I think it takes their design language and like just fits it perfectly on the and
2: those back. wheels are insanely cool. Uh, yes, yeah.
3: dude. So when I saw G when I saw G V60, I was like mega disappointed, dude. And
2: in highlighter <laughs> yellow, like how does that fit with the Genesis premium brand image?
3: I don't know. Like honestly, though, I I just think it just looks ugly because the car's not that attractive. I think mm-hmm. if it were like some beautiful car with that color, I wouldn't it mind it. Good. It wouldn't be that big of a deal. It's like it's like taking. Uh, Some trash and painting it purple. It just looks like purple trash.
0: (laughs) I mean, the I will say the interior. (laughs) (laughs) The interior.
2: Wait, let's just take that as a soundbite. We'll upload that as a clip. (laughs) Horace will never drive another Genesis
0: again. (laughs) (laughs) This was a setup. (laughs) <laughs> I, I think I think the interior actually looks fantastic. But, yeah, it's the exterior yeah. that just, like, kills me. Yeah, the interior
2: is so cool with that crystal ball shifter yes. thing that flips yeah. around.
0: Genesis yeah. interiors blow my mind. And even the exterior is everything. What's the one that you had
2: for a little while? You had one. It was a G80. G80. Yeah. And that fan- thing rolling down the road, I was like, let me just pull over and let you go by. Excuse me, sir.
0: Fantastic spec. And it wasn't even the yeah. big engine. I was still happy with it. And it wasn't even the big one. Because yeah. you could get a GV80. Or is there a 90? anyway the big suv gv80 GV80
2: is like that's one you're like holy crap let me get out of your way yeah
0: (laughs) the (laughs) the grill is just massive yeah every every time i see a gv70 on the road i like i'm doing a double take like they really do look fantastic they do
2: i mean yeah so the electric car world's interesting for us next year why don't you join us we're going to do a big ev comparison a few of them for different segments yeah, but at least join us for the SUV one because we'll have so many cars. Because Ionic Five and EV6 will be in there. We'll get them all together. We'll do a five-day testing program. This one we did in like six hours, eight hours. Yeah. Um, but yeah <laughs> next year we're going to go into it, and then we'll give an award to the automaker who wins or something like yeah. that.
3: Dude, yeah. And if um if you need any like I don't know if you need any like investments or or investing with anything for that, uh, but let me know. I'll be more than happy to to help out because I think that stuff is super cool.
2: Yeah, thanks. We'll, we'll come up with a budget for it. We'll be fine. But uh, that stuff is that's what I love to do. I think from a business perspective, it's what drives the views and it's worth it to actually. I mean, the biggest thing was for me and and my good friend Drew, uh, who, who owns Martian wheels, who's making those ID4 wheels, who makes Tesla wheels. Um, he's an amazing driver. So we got in and out of each car back to back and did a performance drive in them. And while I had an idea in my head because I remember what they drive like. Nothing can beat getting out of a car and into the next one and then into yeah. the next one and feeling that minutiae back to back. And honestly, getting out of, so we went uh, in order of ID4, Maki Model Y, Polestar 2, kind of raising the bar each time. And it's kind of hard to pick a clear winner, but it's easy to pick a clear loser, which was the maki We were so disappointed with the way that car drove
3: <laughs> on the back
2: road. But then.
3: Oh, I like, can agree with that. Yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah, GT solves all that problems. Yeah. But I thought it was interesting that Mach E4X was worse than ID4 all wheel drive for us.
3: Yeah, I think I think uh, I think Mach E. I just, man, I just think with the Mustang badging, there's a level of performance that you expect even, even on a base yep. model vehicle. Mm-hmm. And it just it just didn't deliver. Like it was, it was a it was a fine EV. Yeah, it's a great but, daily car. I think the Mach E GT is the only one that actually justifies it having a Mustang badge.
0: Totally agree. Yeah, they're dil- they're diluting the Mustang name. I mean, the Mustang like EcoBoost is not the most impressive car either, but at least it looks and like you can slide thing. it. You can't
2: even turn ESP off in the Mustang. It's
0: supposed to go through. That's what I was going to say. You
1: can it. still drive an EcoBoost
3: Mustang and feel like you're driving a sports car. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I did. Uh, I didn't put it on video, but I did find a big open parking lot and do some pretty wicked donuts in the Mach-E GT. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> oh, I mean, I mean, I mean, it does like really well.
2: Oh, that's, well, in the GT, you can go full ad, uh, stability, advanced track off.
3: Yeah, you can in like, the- there's, there's like a physical button you can like hold it, turn off. And dude, that thing can like slide around. Yes, oh, it's
2: great at that. So here's the thing. If you buy an early production Mach-E, I think it's same model year two, you can only go traction control off in the UI And there's no way to turn advanced track off. But now all current production Mach-E, including rear-wheel drive, including base cars, have the button that the GT has, which means now you can go full off. So I haven't (laughs) driven a non-GT with the button, uh, but I'm really looking forward to doing a rear-wheel drive that I can go advanced track off and doing big skids. Yeah.
3: Interesting. (laughs) Then if you're going to do that, man, you got to make sure they got that good thermal management going on. That's
2: (laughs) right. (laughs) Yeah.
3: We'll Another park it over
2: it. ice bricks. We'll just put it on a cooler full of ice, <laughs> try and
3: cool it down. Yeah, right? um, that's funny, yeah. man. Yeah, I think. Um, I think other than that, I'm trying to think what other like, oh, what other vehicle I'm excited for. Because honestly, most cars I get excited for now, like it's weird. Within a year, most of them, like 75 of them, are EVs. Really? I mean, other than like you know, like the New z Six. Like obviously, that's super excited to drive that. Um, and then you have things like the upcoming Bronco R yep. and like for, and like Motor Trend just posted something of like the – what I say? Not Bronco R.
2: Yeah. The Bronco but R is the, the dune buggy non-street legal thing. But crazy. Yeah, right. no. so the
3: Bronco Raptor. Yeah. Yes. The, the yes. thing that, that Motor Trend posted today. Yeah. yeah. Like a spy shot of it or something. That's going to be – that's going to be uh, pretty, pretty good. interesting. <laughs> I think the fender flares are actually a bit too much. They're way too massive. I think.
0: But... So, for Forrest, like, what what's a non EV that really excited you that you already drove this year?
3: Uh, I was about to say something, but I have not already driven.
0: <laughs> what were you? Gonna, <laughs> yeah,
3: what? What's I was about was to say the new Z06. Like, that's yeah, so. Yeah yeah. 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 Um, but okay. Oh yeah, that car. I have to look back because I feel like. So you have a list of every car
2: you've had this year.
3: It's I just all my TikTok videos because
2: uh, <laughs> the videos,
3: uh, <laughs> I don't have to spend like hours getting footage because it's like they're minute long videos. So yes. I can do like three to four cars in a week. And so it all kind of blends together after a you while. You
2: do that many cars. So what's your what's your rotation like with the fleet companies?
3: It's pretty much at least two a week.
2: Yeah. That, well, we do two to three a week here. Yeah. Uh, but do you keep them both at the same time or do you take one, then send it back? Take another.
3: Oh, uh, I will usually keep them for like a full week each. Yeah. Um, That's just true. because if I rotate too often, I'll run. I feel like I'll I'll run out of content pretty quickly. We will
2: in Colorado <laughs>
0: very quickly.
3: <Yeah. laughs> in Colorado, yeah. I feel like there's a fine balance. You don't. You can. T- you can take on a lot. But you don't want to take on too much. Um, mm-hmm. and plus the fleet companies, I feel like would be super annoyed if I was like, "All right, I'm done. Come pick it up." Or, <laughs> yeah, yeah GTA they, GTA, they like
2: the, they like a week to just get their drivers there and back and cool. all, do you have all of the old guys driving your cars around when they drop them off
3: it's a lot of younger guys i think they just got really? like i think they just got a bunch of new people working there but it's been a bunch they of just younger have,
2: like 75 year olds they're the best they're i love I love, them, yeah. love <laughs> every single one of them they're like they could all be my grandfather
3: Oh, yeah. There's the, just one or two guys out here that are old, but
0: yeah, he was so happy. He picked up the S class and dropped off the JCW, and he was so glad he felt like he made the <laughs> best <position Yeah>. ever. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, when they wow. dropped wow. off the S
2: because they dropped it off here and then they picked it up from you, and uh, yeah, they were like, Wow, we just took it <laughs> around the block one extra time.
3: <laughs> Dude, that's so funny, man. Um, I'm looking and through do you just
2: do TikToks with them. So what's your, when you get a car, what is like your content plan? Is it to make a YouTube video? Is it to do TikTok? Is it what's, what is, uh, what, what do you do when you get a car dropped off?
3: I literally, they drop it off the first day. I'll just run my normal everyday errands in that vehicle. And that's yep. like the first day or two. And that's kind of like how I kind of get acquainted with it. Um, Most car I mean, you know, Kyle, like once you've driven a lot of cars, it's it's pretty it's pretty quick turnaround in terms of getting to know a vehicle. Like
2: Yeah, like 10 minutes, you're good.
3: Yeah, yeah. You don't need much time. But sometimes within those two days, there will be like a little detail or a little feature that the car has that maybe enhances the way I interact with it or maybe it completely takes away from how I interact with it. So I love to find those things because if there, or if there's a feature that, let's say, other cars have, but this one implements it the best or, or whatever. But my whole goal is to – because it's 60 seconds, so I can't give like a full
2: – What about those three-minute TikToks? Do you ever do those?
3: They just don't do well. Yeah, Not that's what on, I on social media. Um, because on, yeah. the whole thing is like with YouTube, right, the biggest difference is someone goes on YouTube and they, and they type in Mustang Maki. So that means they are looking for that car and they're looking for that content. And they probably already know a little bit about the vehicle and it's probably something they're considering and it's on their list of things to buy, or maybe they just want to know what it's like. So they're looking at your video in a more, in like they're looking for that detail and information. Yeah, like if I
2: post an hour-long video, it will significantly outperform a 59-minute video.
3: Oh, yeah, dude. (laughs) Especially because like the way your videos are structured to and people that know your videos, like that to to them, that means more detail. Yep. It's the opposite.
2: TikTok is the opposite.
3: Complete opposite. So with me, the shorter I can make it, the better. But the big trick is if it goes shorter, I have to. Get the meat and potatoes of the car, and I have to just keep simmering it down and simmering it down and simmering it down until I can somehow get across the main highlights and the main aspects of the vehicle in the most efficient way possible. So sometimes, like when I'm doing my takes, if I have like one or two words, like if I say and like three times, I'll cut out an and, or like I'll cut out like a three word sentence and try to get those three words and sum it up into one word. Wow. Like it's literally that compressed. And so now it's funny because I just stuck with the name force auto reviews because that's what I've been since I was on YouTube. Right. But it's not even like reviews anymore. It's (laughs) more like, it's more like um, the best way I can explain it now is it's like a, it's like me doing just quick overviews of cars. So why
2: a- why not? Um, so I guess how do you quantify the value of a TikTok view versus a YouTube view? It's still a person watching a video about a car that could be anyone who's using a device.
3: Yeah. So
2: and and the views on TikTok look we got on TikTok and like sporadically used it, but went from like zero to a hundred thousand followers in like way fast. Obviously, we don't have any YouTube channels with a hundred thousand followers. So it just was way bigger numbers for us so much more quickly.
3: But yeah.
2: Are they as valuable as YouTube numbers? What do you think?
3: Um, it depends. Yes and no. So I think YouTube, if you had a video that did like 500,000, you probably have a bigger percentage of people. Like let's say you had 500,000 views on a Mach-E GT, right? And there's probably a bigger percentage of that 500000 that if the review is positive, you've probably just secured them buying a Mach-E GT. Agreed. But with TikTok, you have way more exposure, right? So, like, okay, example, dude, I just did the Grand Wagoneer, and it's it has a million views. Yep. Which no
2: awful. one didn't see that.
3: It's ridiculous, <laughs> right? And so even though... Even though you won't have 10 million of those people buying a Grand Wagoneer, I would still say the percentage of people that may have bought a Wagoneer is probably, like, the amount of people is probably still close to what a 500,000 video that saw, like, 50% people buy a car. Just It's just all a numbers game. You just see more exposure, right? But the biggest benefit with more exposure is you just, you can push more people to... YouTube. Right. So,
2: So, yeah, I mean, my my whole thing is, is if a views a view that's a person seeing the car going through. I count it. I think it's all people. Kids, you know, maybe if TikTok is a younger overall audience than YouTube, probably not by much, but I'm sure there is. But Mm -hmm. kids influence buying decisions massively. They'll go, Mom, I saw Forrest's Grand Wagoneer video. It had the, (laughs) you know, the flags the right way. It had all the stuff going on. And you know what? That's a cool car. Maybe then she'll go, oh, I'll go check out a YouTube video. And so to me, a views of view, no matter who's watching it, no matter how long the content is. And for us, that, that mindset has shifted into us making three TikToks a day now, um, it, uh, in addition to the YouTube stuff, because maybe we're not as polished as, definitely not as polished as you on TikTok, but more so than I would say your average other car reviewer there. And for us, we can get a, you know, 30 to 60 second video out. And then maybe, maybe like if, if a half a percent of the people ever click through and look at our YouTube channel, that's a win.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So here's my biggest tip with TikTok. Never follow any trends unless you are a content creator who you do like trendy stuff, which we are not that. Nope. Right? I I've never, never tried it. I never, <laughs> do, I never do anything related to trends. I just do my thing. You do your thing, and you do it the way that only you can do it, and then you think people love that. make a difference. Yeah, people love that because there's only one me in the world. There's only so like I would like no one can review a car the way, or no one could go over a car the way I would go over a car because I'm Forrest. Right? Yep. I can't talk about an EV the way you would talk about an EV. Because you're Kyle, right? And you're crazy when you talk about these EVs sometimes. Because <laughs> like, he, how is he regurgitating all this information? So like, that's just such a unique thing to you, and no one else can replicate that. So just be unapologetically like yourself. And when you make the TikTok videos, you're not aiming to like, uh, don't create it as if you're aiming to a younger crowd because you will be surprised at how many older people. Like so many and like families and stuff are on there. It's crazy. So my biggest thing is just when you make your video, when you watch it back, if there's any moment of the video that you find to be like boring or if you find yourself like thinking about anything else, cut it out.
2: Mm, that's a great tip. So just really make, nice. make
3: your video just entertaining all the way through, which in theory should be easy because they're a minute long versus making an hour long video. You know I mean? That's a
2: really good tip. What do you so True. here's what we're doing, and not to derail, I know we're already in an hour, but we take a TikTok, then we save that TikTok, throw it on Snapchat, Spotlight, YouTube, Short, and Instagram Reel. Do you do
3: that? Um sometimes I try not to, but I found what does best is um this does require a little bit more work, but if you can make exactly if you can make exclusive content for each platform, dude. So what's You're the
2: difference life. though? Because we can get the non-watermarked version, right? So we download through Tick or one of these things. The non watermark looks like it's made there. What would be different about content for YouTube Shorts versus Snapchat, um, you know, Spotlight versus some
3: TikToks? Do you think? I'd say... I'd say just like different aspects of the car, different features of the car. Or like – I don't know, man. It's tough because they're all kind of similar. I don't do YouTube Shorts at all because I just don't think it does well on the YouTube platform. I think Hmm. YouTube really does well with like what you're doing right now. I think that is – that's what does well on YouTube. Yeah, we have a
2: separate Shorts channel that we just throw stuff up. Some things have like hundreds of thousands of views. We never get paid from it, but at least it's just – content yeah. that people are looking at
3: yeah you, you could throw up there for more exposure but unless youtube does something drastically different with shorts i don't think it's going to like take off like totally reels off on instagram because yep. um, it can yeah. hold a little bit higher quality on the videos like it doesn't deep downgrade it as much as tiktok does but tiktok is yeah. getting better at that um mm-hmm. i think with i think with tiktok you really just want it to be um entertaining but not in a Not in an entertainment sort of way, but entertaining in the sense of like, oh, I just gathered quick information from this video.
2: So not to get super nerdy about our business, but this is my last thing because I know we're really running out of time. Uh, You know, Forrest, you and I get to talk to a lot of uh, PR reps at automakers, but also engineers, et cetera. And we talk about TikTok all the time. I'm so curious about how they, again, this whole conversation of valuing a view. For me, it's a numbers game, right? We have a business with 20 people who work for us. I want to make sure we're, you know, providing the best value we can to keep getting the best cars possible to produce content on. We bring up TikTok all the time. You're always the first name that comes up to every automaker's like, well, Forrest did X with our car and got this many views. It was incredible. <laughs> So um, what is your relationship like in general when you receive a car, when you talk to PR about TikTok? Because you are the first, I would say, person who's really reviewing cars in some cases exclusively for TikTok, which automakers have never loaned cars for that platform before. So was this hard for you to convince them? Because you already had your YouTube presence. So how did this transition go for you to be like, guys, no, I just like, took the new Nissan Rogue, whatever it is, and got you like 200 million views and you would have never got anything (laughs) like that on YouTube. So how did that go?
3: That was interesting. So yeah, it first started with a Mercedes-Benz, which Mercedes-Benz was actually the hardest to convince. It was just to have a Mercedes-Benz that I filmed and it happened to do like 2 million views on TikTok. That's That's what first made me say wow that's more than anything i've ever gotten on youtube you find really? that
2: mercedes do well on tiktok because we find they always do over a couple million views for us
3: on tiktok yeah yeah it does no sorry what i meant was mercedes was the hardest one to convince to, them to loan me cars just yes. for tiktok and they have the biggest presence on tiktok they were the first automaker with a verified account and they have the most views um on their hashtag of any automaker. Mm. And I was like, how were y'all the last ones to say, okay, we'll send you cars specifically for TikTok? It was crazy. But anyway, <laughs> that rant aside, um, Acura was the first one to send me a vehicle just for TikTok, and it was the NSX. <laughs>
2: no way. Yeah. <laughs> so I when, you, to,
3: um, when you
2: requested the car, though, for TikTok, obviously the fleet companies, they, ha- they say, this is Forrest. He works with X number of outlets, but now he's just doing TikTok. Is that how that went?
3: Yeah. So um, I forgot what happened. I had a lot of people asking for the NSX on there. And I had already filmed it, but I filmed it for YouTube. So I reached out to um, Karina and I was like, hey, is there any way I can get the NSX again for a loan? She's like, oh, are you just going to make more YouTube videos on that? I was like, actually, I just need it for a TikTok video. And she's like, oh. Uh, <laughs> I was like, yeah. I was like, I know. It's, it's kind of like all new. I was like, but here's my numbers and like, here's what I've done so far. And she's like, oh, that's super interesting. She's like, "Ah, uh, she's like, sure. Let's try it out. And I think the NSX did like, I made two videos on it. One did like 3.2 the other did like 1.5 wow
2: so they must have been wow. thrilled
3: oh they were like oh what the heck yeah Type event. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah it was pretty crazy and then um, I think then it, it just I don't know it's, it's interesting how it works I really can't explain how a lot of it works honestly it just kind of does I just kind of like do my thing and then it just does well I wish there was more of a science or more of like a explanation of why it does well, but it's just,
2: you have a great way of connecting with the audience. I'm a huge fan. I watch every video. you do. I'm super into it. It's so great. And honestly, you know, from our side, we don't strive to be like you. We don't strive to be like everyone. We obviously have to create, keep our own personal identity, but I think it's amazing that we can cover literally the exact opposites of car reviews, right? Me being, hour plus detail oriented, every little thing rambling on and you do these very small, uh, uh, you know, short highlights of vehicles and they appeal to different types of people, but they're both providing value, I think. So it's pretty amazing, um, you know, just to see the breadth of just the media world within the automotive organization.
3: Yeah. It is. It is interesting because like um, my YouTube, my YouTube videos are like super in depth like 25 minutes long, talking about all the stuff and, yeah. On on social media, I do have to gear it slightly more towards like the general audience. So like I won't use too hardcore like car enthusiast words yeah. or I won't go into, you know, which, which, you know, I can, I can talk that stuff. I think, I think because I've been doing this so long, a lot of new followers or a lot of people who have never seen me, but then they see me for the first time on TikTok, like, oh, this guy's not like a real car enthusiast. He's only talking about this and he didn't mention anything about like. The trans or whatever, but like most, unless it's like a unique transmission or unless it's like new to the car or whatever, most it's people, not that exciting to talk about. Yeah, most people are like, they don't care. So, like, yeah. I'm not gonna say this, you know, new Miata has a 13 one compression and in Europe they have a 14 one compression. Like, no one, no one except for car people don't care, right? Totally agree. Give me just a second. Sure, it's my wife
2: <laughs> um mike can we talk about your cooper se for a half a second actually hold on before we get there what are you doing with your gx
1: uh we are keeping it for now <laughs> <laughs> we just drove it to Asheville and back i mean i don't know if there's like a set plan with anything to like to do with it um you never know i mean we as with my uh, day job, I have access to buying a couple cars a year yep. generally, so I'm not sure you know what the uh, full lifespan of that car is going to be at this point. But we do maybe still want to lift it or put a spacer lift on the front of it to kind of level it out, because GX is all kind of sit a little front heavy.
2: Yeah, but Timon sits pretty nice. It's got a leveling or a lift kit on well, it. Well, I know.
1: His is like lifted with big 35s or 37s yeah,
2: working on it in the garage and got it uh got it all aligned he put it back together and then we went out for its test drive today and the wheels like this and we're like oh <laughs> that's not
1: good that's a problem yeah. yeah
2: so we got it aligned and uh yeah then now now it's all good but man 200 and something thousand miles i think feels brandy new that v8 starts up like butter every single time yep. such a good car and uh um, well engineered very well engineered. Well, Forrest, thank you for coming on the show. Do we have anything else on the notes we want to talk about? No. All That's right. great. Yeah. It's so nice to like connect and meet you and yeah, we'll see you definitely. out in LA next time. Yay. Yeah.
3: What Thanks. are you
2: doing for the auto show, by the way? You have uh with so many things going on around the LA Auto Show. Are you gonna
3: partake in any of it? I don't know. I have a I have a Honda Civic SI event, but I'm uh I hope no one from Honda is listening to this, but I'm debating <laughs> if I should go or not. Like if I should <laughs> sacrifice one car to get way more content at the LA Auto Show.
2: Yeah, you need to not do that. And you need to go to the LA. It's crazy that they would do a thing right? around that. Same
3: time as LA Yeah, it's weird. Um, I may have. To. That is an interesting decision that they made.
2: Well, if you happen to go to the LA Auto Show, we have a whole schedule booked with some things that we could, I'm sure you can obviously get all of the old whole invites, but we have a whole bunch of cool stuff lined up that you're more than welcome to tag along with if you want sure to do like, cool pre-pro cars and things like that. So
3: it should be yeah, fun. Well, uh, I'll let you guys know. I may make that decision like this afternoon. I'll probably send out some, some, uh, not too pleasant emails. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't feel bad, but, um. Yeah, man. Thank you guys for having me. It was great. I love, you know, like I said, I love talking car stuff. Don't get to do it too much on TikTok, just because, like, you know, it's all kind of condensed. But of course, uh, so it, it is nice to talk, talk good old car stuff,
2: nerdy car stuff. Yeah. So well, you're welcome about,
3: back anytime. When
2: we're in LA, we have some fun cars that we're taking out. If you happen to be there and you're around, join us for some of the performance driving evaluations. Or nerdy things, and then people not on TikTok can can get a sense of the uh, <laughs> depth of car knowledge that you are. It'd be kind of fun,
3: for sure, man. Yeah, um, let me know because I think I think Jordan's supposed to be staying with me, anyways. Yeah, ready for... yes, make
1: yeah. him sleep on the floor.
0: <laughs> all right well i'll wrap up the show um yeah thanks for joining us on the podcast and um check out all of our stuff out of spec uh, of course forest is forest auto reviews that's youtube and tiktok we're really going to send so much traffic his way. <laughs> <laughs> and uh kyle is at it's kyle connor on twitter and i am jordan underscore schieffer and of course mike is m underscore Breely. thanks for joining us on this long show but it was awesome full of stuff and we'll see you guys next time